You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Man, we are so close to kickoff now. It's uh, the, the kickoff that we thought would never get here, and now it's gonna be here. And I couldn't be I couldn't be more excited. It is a very exciting time. There's no doubt. It's also exciting to be sponsored by Rock Auto. Thanks to all the good people at Rock Auto, and we'll talk about them in just a little bit. But we also have Andrew Bone back with us today. Uh, he was on the podcast yesterday and talked about his book, The Road to Bama. And it is fabulous. Go check out yesterday's podcast if you didn't hear all the stories that Andrew Bone got into. And it was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's so so cool to hear all these things. And it really brought back a flood of memories for me because I certainly remember some of these guys that he's talking about. And, Andrew, one guy we didn't mention yesterday, and I don't want to get off on a tangent on it because you probably don't remember him. I think he was from the Huntsville area. The baddest of all badasses that I remember from that class because they used to come over to the SAE house where I was in a fraternity and play basketball with us was Daryl Blackburn. And he had to give up football, I think, for some kind of ailment. But um, my God, was he a good athlete. And uh, he was somebody that if you've never, if you hadn't heard about him on the recruiting trail, he's probably a, a pretty big name out there. But Andrew, welcome back with us, okay? Yeah, absolutely, guys. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about this year's Alabama team. Um, a lot, the depth chart just recently came out. Uh, were there any surprises on there from your end, Andrew? And what did you think about the freshmen making the first team? Well, you know, I think um, I think anybody who's been following, um, you know, practice reports and everything that's kind of been going on, uh, I think everybody kind of assumed that, um, you know, we were probably going to see, um, you know, Will Anderson. And, and you know, I, I think Will Anderson being on there wasn't, necessarily a, a major surprise I think uh, Malachi Moore you know probably the biggest surprise out of out of everyone you know starting you know the starting role at the star position I think you know he just made such a strong impression throughout fall camp and you know he was one of the guys that had originally wanted to enroll early and uh, that was his plan was to enroll early and you know Alabama just didn't have any more room for uh, for any more players to enroll early last uh, uh, last year so they had to kind of push him back and I know that I know that the time that wasn't really something that he wanted to do. I think it kind of upset him a little bit, but um, you know, and maybe it motivated him. Um, obviously, it did, and uh, you know, definitely, you know, pushed him to become a uh, become a starter. And he's had such a great, um, great fall camp, and really interested in um, you know seeing how he performs out on the field. Isn't it fun, uh, Andrew? You know, you do such a great job. I mean, a fantastic job covering Alabama recruiting on a daily basis, and you have for years and. I'm sure it's fun for you when not only the guys that you covered their recruitment just a year ago, the freshmen make an impact, but the freshmen that weren't exactly the headliners of the class. I mean, you know, there's obvious headliners, you know, to a class that, that, you know, that Nick Saban signed is going to be full of five stars, but Malachi Moore was not one of them. Uh, It's just, it gotta be fun for you because, you know, you get to know the kids to some extent uh, during the recruiting process and for, and, and for the guy maybe that's, uh, you know, for, for lack of a better word, an afterthought to the class, uh, for him to be an immediate star, that, that's got to be fun for you. 
Oh, it certainly is, and yeah, you know, we we continue to see that just just about every single year. We saw the you know the previous year with the with DJ Dale, um, you know, coming in and making a you know making an impact uh, and getting a lot of love, um, you know, right off the bat, for, you know, during his freshman year. You know, Christian Harris, you know, another guy. You know, we were talking about you know other linebackers in the class, and then he came in and. You know, yeah. Of course, he kind of got thrown in the fire because of some injuries, but you know, still had an unbelievable, uh, you know, freshman campaign. Um, so you know, it is a lot of fun. You know, just knowing that you know there are guys out there that even though they may not be getting a lot of love, they may not be going to be a five star or rivals one hundred type player. Uh, you know, they still have a lot of. You know, there's a reason that they were they got signed by Alabama, and it wasn't because. You know, Alabama, you know, considered them an afterthought. Alabama saw them as a as a top-tier player um, and somebody that could come in and, and make an impact. So, um, you know, it's a, you know, it's certainly a proud moment, you know, to see these guys come in and, and do well right off the bat, and, you know, especially with, you know, Malachi Moore. And uh, I think that's probably – that's probably the biggest takeaway I, I have from fall camp is just the rise of, of his performance, and, you know, especially with the defensive backs who were there and who have been there the last couple of years for him to come in and uh, to get a starting role um, you know, just after, you know, a few months of being in Tuscaloosa, it says a lot about his uh, ability and, and him as a, as a person and a player. Andrew, your book is titled The Road to Bama. And if you're ever going to hit the road anywhere, you need to go to rockauto.com so you can get all the parts your car will ever need. I don't know anything about cars, but I do know this. If I'm going to take my car to somebody who does know about cars, and before I go there, I'm going to find out what I need, and I'm going to go ahead and buy those parts from rockauto.com because it's going to save me a lot of money. Hey, i got to pay for the labor. I don't want to have to pay all this extra for the uh, for the parts where they mark them up a gazillion percent because rockauto.com has the best prices around. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Jimmy and I say it all the time. We know you need a chassis. We know you need a timing belt. We're pretty sure you need hubcaps and wheels and fuzzy dice. Other than that, I don't know much about cars, but you can get all of that at rockauto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. Go check them out and tell them you heard about them on the Locked On family of networks. Okay, guys, um, let's talk a little bit more about this Alabama team and, and uh, the environment we're all in right now in, in COVID times because the recruiting dead period has been extended. So what do you think that means, Andrew, as a guy that's dealt with recruiting forever? You know how big these recruiting visits are and how much these kids love these recruiting visits. Is Does this help or hurt Alabama? Well, I think there's two sides of it, um, you know, in terms of you know, guys who are committed. Um, I think it helps because, you know, they're not going to be taking visits elsewhere. They're not going to, you know, other schools obviously are still trying to flip players in Alabama's class right now. But um, I think the majority of Alabama's, you know, recruiting class right now, I think we're going to see a lot of those guys, most if not all, sign in December. And the fact that they're probably not going to get back to any other campuses um, and spend time with the other coaching staffs, uh, I think that certainly helps a lot. But, you know, for the guys that, um, you know, the Alabama's still heavily recruiting, but, you know, right now they have 21 commitments. And I, I think there's probably five spots remaining in the class. I don't see them signing 27. I think 26 is probably going to be the max uh, number of guys in this class. So let's just say there's five spots remaining. There's probably, you know, 12, 13 guys that they're still heavily involved in, heavily recruiting, that they, you know, would love to add any of those guys in this class. Well, 
they may not be able to visit Tuscaloosa again um, until they make a decision. Now, I, I do think we're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys wait until uh, February to decide. Now, I think a lot of them are kind of pushing their decisions back so they can take some, hopefully take some visits uh, in the month of January. But, you know, there's been a few programs that have been able to get some recruits on campus um, for unofficial, unofficial visits, uh, whereas we've seen, you know, Oklahoma and Georgia and LSU uh, been able to host recruits um, you know, at least get recruits on campus, big groups of kids on campus. Um, they haven't been able to con had any contact with coaching staff, or at least they're not allowed to have any contact with coaching staff. They're not, um, you know, allowed to go into the facilities and, and see everything, but they're allowed to uh, tour campus and, and um, you know, go to restaurants and stuff like that. We saw you know, a couple, you know, I say, I think it was about a month ago where LSU had a big recruiting weekend and uh, their quarterback commitment, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer's family, you know, rented a house. Uh, running a house for a lot of uh, the recruits to stay in throughout the entire weekend. And, and uh, you know, they took them to, you know, different restaurants. And, uh, you know, they went and played top golf and did all that kind of stuff. It was almost like an official visit, um, you, know, going on a, you know, going on an official visit on campus. But, um, you know, I think Alabama, you know, didn't really push for that to happen uh, at all. Um, I, I think, you know, they would have probably been fine with maybe one kid coming in on campus. Robbie Oots, uh, the tight end commitment, actually did that earlier this summer um, and I think if you know maybe they can get one one guy in camp on campus you know every other weekend or every weekend you know they'd be open to that but in terms of you know having a, a big recruiting summit or a big big weekend I think you know it's you know something that they just never really wanted to do but unfortunately other schools have been able to do it now the recruiting dead period has been extended to January 1st so all those trips all those uh, you know time spent on campus for the recruits that's going to be fresh on their mind. A trip to Tuscaloosa for a lot of these guys isn't going to be fresh on their mind. And, and you know, for Alabama's sake, you know, they're certainly hoping that, uh, that a lot of these guys will wait until they at least take official visits or at least can get back to campus before they make decisions. Andrew, with uh, just about five spots left in the class, as you said, uh, this kind of puts you on, on the spot in terms of making a guess. But of, of all the kids Alabama's recruiting that are uncommitted, who today would would you say is the most likely guy to choose Alabama? Who's, who's uncommitted that's the most likely guy that Alabama could be adding to this class? Well, yeah, yeah that's certainly a tough one because I think, you know, there's several guys who Alabama's probably in the top two, top three, four right now. Um, you know, a lot's going to kind of depend on, you know, what happens moving forward. But, uh, you know, Terry and Arnold um, out of Tallahassee, um, you know, certainly a guy that, you know, we felt like Alabama's been in the driver's seat, you know, for a real long time with him. I, I still feel that way. Um, I still think they've got – have the best chance to land him. Now, Georgia, uh, Florida, certainly uh, very high on his list. And he, he visited Georgia um, about a month ago. And I think it was his first visit to Georgia. So, um, you know, there's certainly a school that, uh, that's high on, the, on, uh, on his list. Xavier Sori. You know, another guy that I feel like probably going to be an Alabama-Georgia uh, recruiting battle. Uh, you know, will Alabama having four linebacker commitments right now, will that play any role into his decision? Now, it could, um, but you know, I certainly think that Alabama uh, has been high on his list for, for a very long time. And then I think, uh, you, you know, looking at the defensive line position, you know, I think Alabama really needs to get – at least one more defensive end, you know, probably two. I think there's certainly shooting for two more defensive ends as, as many targets who are still out there. 
um, that are that have high interest in Alabama. So, you know, I'd certainly look at uh, Tumise Adelier, the five-star defensive end uh, from Texas, who transferred to IMG Academy earlier this year and then ended up leaving, uh, you know, once COVID happened and uh, now is just kind of sitting out this year, former teammates with Alabama commitment, uh, Jalen Milrose. So I, I think Alabama has an excellent shot uh, to land his commitment. Um, and then uh, Shamar Turner, uh, another defensive end, um, you know, highly rated four-star out of uh, out of Texas uh, that Alabama really hopes to add uh, out of DeSoto High School. You know, he's certainly a guy that I, I feel like could easily end up in Alabama's class as well. So those are, would probably be the main guys, but you know, obviously there's still so many, um, you know, guys that are out there. Um, you know, JT Tuamola uh, out of, you know, Seattle, who I think it's an Alabama-Ohio State recruiting battle for him. Just, a, you know, one of the top five overall players in the country, defensive end, also a star uh, basketball player. I think Ohio State's probably – you know, in the driver's seat for him, but Alabama continues to chip away. I mean, we were not talking about Alabama as even being a contender for him uh, three months ago, and uh, and now we're talking about Alabama being uh, in his top two. So, um, so I think that Alabama can continue to uh, to potentially work their magic there. And, and obviously, Alabama is going to be playing this fall, and uh, he's going to be you know keeping his eyes on the side, you know, just about every single weekend. So, we'll kind of see what happens with him. I, I think he's waiting until. Uh, until February to make a decision. So that will at least give Alabama potentially an opportunity to get him on campus in January uh, for an official visit. And, um, you know, Brian Thomas, uh, wide receiver out of Louisiana, you know, I think it's, you know, certainly a kind of a neck and neck recruiting battle between Alabama and LSU for him. Um, you know, Alabama has got a great wide receiver class. Um, as you guys know, you know, three elite wide receivers currently committed, but, you know, really hoping that, to land a fourth. And, uh, you know, I think they're really hoping that it's, uh, it's Brian Thomas. How much does it help when you watch, say, the Atlanta Falcons take on the Dallas Cowboys and the three top receivers in the game all went to Alabama, uh, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. And uh, they all had their had their moments. Julio wasn't 100% because of his hamstring, but Calvin Ridley, you know, put on a show and Amari Cooper had a circus catch. I mean, does that help a ton in recruiting when kids watch that? I think so. I, I think there's no doubt about it. You know, 10 years ago, we – <laughs> we we weren't seeing any wide receivers in the NFL from Alabama, uh, you know, until Julio Jones got up there, and you know, obviously, you know, him and Amari and uh, Calvin, um, you know, really kind of led the charge there, and and now with uh, with Ruggs and Judy, you know, it's certainly uh, you know, Alabama certainly become kind of wide receiver you, and um, you know, potentially two more uh, wide receivers going in the first round in the NFL draft next year, in Devontae Smith and uh, and Jalen Waddle, so. Uh, it, it just continues to um, you know, to be extremely impressive what Alabama's been able to do uh, at the receiver position, and and that's why you know we continue to see you know top receivers in the country want to go to Alabama, and, and that's why we see you know three elite wide receivers from the state of Florida. I mean, the top three receivers in the state of Florida, you know, um, you know, all going to Alabama, and you know, this year. So, um, you know, kudos to the uh, to the Alabama coaching staff for you know their development at the receiver position, and um, you know, obviously, I uh, got to give a lot of credit to the guys just continuing to push and develop, and um, you know, going into the NFL and having you know a lot of success. All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the 2020 version of Alabama and what Andrew thinks their prospects are. All right, guys, uh, 
Jimmy, I know you have some questions. I do want to ask very quickly, uh, Andrew, I made a prediction the day we signed Bryce Young that he would eventually this year be the starting quarterback for Alabama. Mac Jones has certainly been able to hold him off so far, and that that that's a good thing. But I still am a firm believer that Bryce Young is just going to be too talented to keep on the bench, and I do believe he will eventually supplant Mac Jones as a starter. Am I crazy? I don't know if you're crazy. I think we will see uh, Bryce Young early. Um, I think we'll probably see him uh, play a little bit this weekend, and uh, I'm sure that will excite a lot of people once he uh, once he gets on the field. But um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that he's got an opportunity to uh, to <coughs> excuse me come in and, and and make an impact. But at the same time, I think Mac Jones ha- has all the tools to uh, to go out there and you know be very successful and 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 have a, a monster year for Alabama. And he's got you know, a lot of weapons around him, and he's got a great offensive line. So um, I think he, everything's kind of set up nicely for, you know, whoever the quarterback is at Alabama to have a, uh, you know, a tremendous year this this fall. You know, one position group, Andrew, that, that I don't think uh, the fans talk about enough is, uh, is just a loaded running back room at Alabama. We've had some loaded ones in the past, but just a, a, a six-deep group right now, uh, of just uh, you know great players, we know what we have in Najee Harris and, and Brian Robinson. We've seen these guys for a couple seasons, really good, proven players. But the ones we haven't seen, uh, Trey Sanders, redshirt freshman, Roydell Williams, uh, a highly recruited freshman from Hueytown, Jace McClellan, a highly recruited running back from Texas. You cover these guys in recruiting. Uh, I don't know that we're going to get it out of them this year because they have Najee and Brian Robinson ahead of them on the depth chart, but uh, talk about Trey Sanders, Roy Dale Williams, and Jace McClellan, and, uh, and, and who, who's going to be the, the standout amongst those three down the road? Well, I tell you, it's going to be it's going to be tough to kind of figure out who's going to be you know the best one out of that group because I think they're all you know very special players in their own right. Um, you know, I think with uh, you know Trey Sanders getting injured last year, I think we would have seen him. You know, a good bit. Uh, I think he would have played a lot last year, but you know, he's certainly going to see the field this year. You know, extremely explosive. Uh, you know, got has great vision and, and certainly somebody that. Um, you know, I'm excited to see play. I mean, he was, you know, the fi- a five-star running back, number one running back in the country uh, during his senior year. You know, we remember, you know, five, six years ago when, when we saw this, you know, uh, extremely loaded, you know, Alabama backfield. And I guess maybe it was a little bit longer than that. I'm, I'm missing a few years there. But, you know, guys like T.J. Yeldon and, uh, you know, Derrick Henry and, and, uh, and Eddie Lacy. I mean, there was just so many elite running backs in Alabama's backfield at one time. And that's, I think that's what we're going to see here in the future. Even when, um, you know, Najee and Brian uh, Robinson end up leaving, I think uh, this young group of freshmen, um, you know, there's three running backs that, that are in this freshman class. And I think, you know, if Alabama wasn't really sure on one of them, I think they would have, really push for signing a running back in this year's recruiting class but I think they're very confident in all three of the guys from what they've seen so far that they don't necessarily have to uh you know sign a running back and a lot of people say well the, yeah they don't have to sign a running back because they signed three last year well they the three still need to be pretty good um and you don't really you know about them in high school but you don't really know about them until they actually get on campus and go through practice and you get a chance to really see them at, up up in person and uh, and work out with them and let them go through 
drills and uh, you know workouts with the team and kind of you know understand their mindset a little bit and, and get to know them a lot better. And I think uh, you know Alabama is extremely confident uh, in this group. And you know we saw a year you know several years ago when Alabama signed four running backs. Well, you know I think we all kind of thought when Alabama signed four running backs, which you know which featured Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. Um, Tyron Jones and Alti Tenpenny, and you know, obviously Tim, you know, we all know that what happened with Tenpenny and, and his car wreck, and he's passed away. But um, you know, that was a really talented you know, group of players when they first got on campus. But um, you know, I think Alabama probably saw that you know some of those guys would probably end up leaving, and the next year they ended up uh, you know signing Bo Scarborough. And um, you know, this year I just don't see them. Uh, really going after anybody. They they were kind of recruiting Kamar Wheaton out of Texas, the number one running back in the country. But uh, he's not going to Alabama. He you know he's going to Oklahoma. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. LSU's in it a little bit, but uh, but I think everyone kind of just you know knows he's going to end up going to Oklahoma. And you know Alabama's kind of I think they're just kind of a school that he tossed in his top three. Um, you know to be honest with you, but. Um, I think they're pretty happy and content on on the guys that they have, and I think they're very excited about the future with all three of them because all three of them bring it, you know, kind of a, a different style, um, you know, to the offense. Whereas Jason McClellan's kind of, you know, a Mark Ingram type player. Uh, you know, Kyle Edwards is kind of your your bowling ball. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, has a little bit of, uh, you know, Eddie Lacy, uh, you know, in him. Plus, he's from, you know, he's also from Louisiana, and then with uh, with Roy Dell Williams. You know, kind of your um, your jack of all trades. He can uh, he can do just about anything. Kind of like Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, can, can return kicks, can uh, return punts. Is gonna you know catch the ball coming out of the backfield, and um, you know, very tough. Uh, you know, powerful runner. So, uh, you know, I think all three of them bring something a little bit different. And uh, Alabama fans should be extremely excited about the future uh, at the running back position. Which, uh, and as we all know. You know, Trey Sanders is going to, you know, probably be leading that way once uh, Najee and uh, and Brian uh, Robinson leave. Um, I think it's no question that Alabama is going to kill Missouri this this next weekend. I guess the only question is, is it going to be manslaughter or first degree murder? Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Well, yeah, you never know how how guys are going to respond in the first game. Um, you know, obviously Alabama hasn't had that big of a problem uh, over the course of the last. You know, several years. I mean, I think they just come out and just absolutely wallop folks uh, on the you know that opening game every single year. But um, you know, with COVID nineteen, with you know all the distractions um, and everything that's kind of going going on in the country, um, you know, this year, um, you just don't know how they're going to respond. But I, I think the team's pretty focused. You know, Saban seems um, you know pretty energetic and you know, during the press conferences I think he likes this team a lot I think he you know, strongly believes this team's got a you know has a great opportunity ahead of them to uh, to be very successful and um, and I'm, I'm very excited about watching them play and seeing what they're able to do you know it's the post Tua era in Tuscaloosa so um, uh, yeah, I think this team's kind of ready to roll and it's gonna be exciting kind of watching these defensive players um, you know, come back off of injury. I think that's probably what I'm most excited about seeing is, um, you know, Dylan Moses and, and LeBron Ray and those guys uh, getting back on the field and, and being healthy and, um, you know, playing at the All-American level, which we were expecting last year. Yeah, Luke, uh, you know, I, I want to predict this game as a total blowout. I, I want to say even something, a score, a ridiculous score like 56-3. to three. I mean, I want to say that because I kind of look who's on Alabama's roster. Missouri's got a new coach and, and who's on their roster and that. I want to say that. But a couple things. Uh, COVID has changed everything. Uh, the practice schedules have been crazy. It's all new for everybody. 
that is going to keep me from, from, from predicting a ridiculous score. Also, you know, Alabama didn't play that great in the opener a year ago against a similar team. Uh, I mean, and, and I mean that in terms of, you know, how good was Duke a year ago? How good is Missouri this year? Probably similar ball clubs. And, and Alabama, uh, while, while the, you know, this, the game against Duke wasn't close, Alabama also didn't beat them 56-3. to three. Uh, And that was with Tua, you know, a more experienced, gifted quarterback. Uh, So I'm I'm inclined not to predict a a complete weird score. Uh, Missouri was also a very good defensive team last year, one of the better defenses in the SEC uh, a year ago. So I think Alabama is going to win and it's not going to be close. I'm going to say 42 to 14 right now, which is, of course, a blowout. But, uh, you know, 42 to 14 could also be 28 to 14 to start the fourth quarter. And, 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 and I think that's kind of what we're looking at. I think Alabama wins easily, but, but it, it isn't a nuclear annihilation. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you there. I mean, I think that it's a, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of an interesting game. I think it's, gonna, I, I do think it's going to be a kind of a slow start. I, I don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, rapid fire touchdowns right up the bat for Alabama, but yeah, I do think that you know it could be could be closer than what we're all imagining in the first uh, in the first half, and then yeah, you know, Alabama just puts it on them in the in the second half, or you know, or it's going to be vice versa, or Alabama's going to beat them. Uh, you know, it's going to going to be up thirty five to seven at the end of the first half, and and slow it down in the in the second half. It, it could go either way, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you know more of a you know forty two to fourteen, you know maybe you know, 45 to 10 type game. There you go. I like 45 to 10 better than 42 to 14. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, thanks so much for being with us again, doing two podcasts with us. You, you've you uh, gone above and beyond. Jimmy and I certainly appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck with this book, man, The Road to Bama. Tell everybody where they can get it and when it'll be out. Well, yeah, it, come, it officially comes out on September the 29th, so next Tuesday. Uh, really excited about it. Uh, you can – Pre, it's, it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Triumph Books. Uh, all the online re- book, book retailers have it. So uh, please be sure to get you a copy. And um, I hope, hope Alabama fans will enjoy it because there's certainly a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of good, great stories in there. And it was a lot of fun to do. And it certainly took a lot of time to write. It was my first book, so I, I was not expecting how much work really went into it. And, um, you know, I, I think afterwards I have a lot more respect for uh, – for authors than I ever have before in my life. So uh, uh, I can't believe, you know, people write multiple books and multiple books in a series. So I think that's kind of hard to do. But after writing this, uh, I certainly hope to uh, to write another one here in the future. All right, buddy, Andrew, we are wishing you the best, man, and hope to have you on again sometime soon. Don't be a stranger. I know I'll see you on some high school sidelines uh, coming up here very shortly. Absolutely, guys. Well, best of luck to you guys this season, and um, you know, really enjoy your podcast. And uh, uh, just good luck, and uh, y'all have a great, uh, great week and great season. All right, buddy. Thanks, Jimmy, Thanks. roll tide, Jimmy. Roll tide. <laughs>